Hello and welcome to Twisted Words Podcast. I am your host, Anya, and today we are going to be talking about Smile. Uh, this is a horror movie that is rated R. The reason on why it is rated R is due to the swearing, the blood, and the death that's in it. I am going to put a trigger warning in this one as well. Uh, the reasoning for that is that there is a suicide in this, and it is very traumatic for some viewers, so viewer discretion advised for this episode and to watch this movie. That is highly what I recommend, uh, is just listen and view at your own discretion. Um, and this movie came out on September 30th of 2022. The director is Parker Finn, and in the box office, it made $216.1 million. I am going to go backwards a little bit with Smile. The The reasoning is just, I'm very disappointed with the ending. The jump scares are great. I'm, I'm not saying those ones were horrible. I'm not saying the atmosphere was horrible, and that they... They did a great job of building up this movie. They really did. But the, just the atmosphere of the movie and the summary of the movie kind of makes it seem like, okay, she's going to fight this thing, fight this monster or psychological monster, defeat it, and live on like a, like a happy life or something like that, you know? Because like, even the summary says this. After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. As an overwhelming terror begins to take over her life, Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. Yes, okay. It kind of does put it there to where she she does confront her trauma and that she's able to kind of like fight this monster thing and survive, right? And just the atmosphere of the movie, the way and how it was built up and, and done is that it makes it seem like th- that there is going to be a happy ending. Because, I mean, there are other places that have happy endings. Uh, like It Chapter 2, yes, it wasn't executed the best, especially in the original one or in the remake, yeah, it wasn't executed great, but it still shows that a whole big group of friends, you know, goes and defeats the monsters, well, monster, and and has a better friendship, and they move on with their lives. I, I kind of like something like that, and even A Quiet Place has that. The Sixth Sense has that. The remake of The Invisible Man has that, and Ready or Not has that as well. When you type in horror movies that have happy endings, you can see lists and lists and lists of these horror movies that actually have good endings. So it's starting to become where there are starting to be more and more horror movies that have that because there is starting to be more of an audience that like that. I mean, I am one of those people. Like, yes, there are some of those movies where they have to have, like, that ending, that terrible ending to where, well, not terrible, I guess it's more bad ending is to put it, where, like, someone has to die, where it's not a happy ending or anything like that. Um, Because with this, that comes with the original Friday the 13th. I mean, Kate, yes, you can go watch the remake. The, The remake kind of, 
I guess has the same ending, but just I didn't really like the the remake at all. I mean, that's just me though. So I prefer to watch the original one. Um, but like in that one, that one didn't have a good ending. Like uh, basically, the drowned Jason that's dead basically takes the main girl character and drags her down from the canoe to the bottom of the lake, and she basically dies. This is how. Like, they they show it that way, you know, to to where it makes it seem like she did escape, but she didn't. Um, Another one that is good that has a a bad ending that I actually like, and I kind of wish this movie got more ratings to where more people can go and watch it. Like, more people are watching it now because a lot of people are starting to recommend it more. But at first, it it was collecting dust for quite a while, just because the the critics were giving it such bad ratings. Um, it was called uh, Cabin in the Woods. Um, like yeah, I I get it. Like in the ending, a lot of people didn't really like it because I mean the girl didn't want to sacrifice her friend, and she wanted to make something different. So then, like the godly. God, like, the old god's hand, like, comes up out of the ground to destroy the world. But there's actually more to the meaning of this whole, of that whole entire movie than what is actually on the surface. Um, so with that movie of Cabin in the Woods, um, like, you got the producers and the directors that are kind of making bets on things of what should happen and everything, but then you got the normal, traditional, stay in the lines, you know, of a coloring book of a horror movie that you have to have in there. And they kind of followed more of within the lines of a coloring book for that horror movie, right? And basically a lot of people die and, like, there's nothing new coming up out of it that people haven't been able to see and yet others would make comments of, like, well, I mean, the the people in the main, in the main room that were uh, talking about, like, the different monsters that would come up out of the ground, you know, to go and kill the people in the cabin. Then, like, there's this one guy that wanted the mermaid to come out, you know? It just, it never did until, obviously, at the end of the movie, but it it never came out at all. And that made them disappointed because it was something different instead of following within the colored lines. And at the end where you got, like, the normal virgin girl, you know, that usually gets sacrificed, or the virgin girl goes and sacrifices her friend or someone else, you know, as long as it's within that group. And, like, yes, it basically it kind of has to be, like, the virgin girl, because that's just how it goes within, like, the, the horror, horror, in, in, well, the classic, the main horror of within those lines, and it just, and, like, when she tried to go and do something different to where she didn't want to sacrifice her friend, then you got the old god's hand coming up out of the ground, and that old god's hand is supposed to be the critics and the other people that basically drown out the movie that it was completely horrible, even though it was trying to be different, and that it just would never make it up to the surface. And, it, like, it, that's kind of how that happened with Cabin in the Woods. Is that at first, no one really liked to watch it. And it was not good. And so it started to collect up dust. But 
now it's definitely more people are watching it because they see that view of that. And that's why it's it's starting to become one of the more to actually recommend and watch now. Um, and, and like, there is one more movie that I feel like that, that I'm going to be putting in this that I feel like actually fit with this as well, where it is that movie that has that kind of ending where it's not a happy ending. Um, and that would be uh, The Wretched. I, I get The Wretched title and The Vivage title mixed up because they kind of look similar, but it's The Wretched. Um, and, like, with what that movie is based off of is a witch that possesses people, takes over their body, and, well, over their the human body, basically, um, and feeds off other humans and mainly takes kids and takes them to her tree in the woods, feeds off them, and will possess the kid as well if it comes down to it that way. Uh, and, like, in that one, it ha- like, the vi- the the wretched, my bad. The wretched has that kind of atmosphere where, yes, the, like, that is not going to be a happy ending. Like, something is going to have to happen to where somehow the, the witch lives. And, yeah, you can have those movies, and it leaves, like, a different feeling. Like, it, it, it stays with you. But even those happy endings stay with you as well. And I think that's just another reason why it made this very disappointing. Um, but, I mean, the, the movie is still great. Like, if you're wanting some great jump scares to just scare the crap out of you... Yes, I I highly recommend watching this movie for that because, I mean, there were a couple of scenes too where I, like, I jumped, closed my eyes, paused the movie, and I was like, oh, who, who, you you know, um, like, I had to go and rewatch a couple of the scenes so then I can actually see, like, what it was, uh, but I mean, there's the one that I remember, uh, that was, that was there, was that, uh, so you got Rose, um, that just got done talking to her sister at her sister's house, because uh, she basically traumatized her nephew, and I'll I'll go down and talk about that more. Um, but that like they had a complete argument, you know, and like Rose is kind of starting to lose her mind. She has a couple of screws loose, you know, and like yeah, okay, it's a horror movie. Gotta have the main character that kind of has that. It kind of follows up then. The, those color in the lines of a coloring book kind of a thing. And while she's there with her eyes closed, you know, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, right? To, like, kind of calm down, like, put her mind back on center. And you, you see Rose's sister come out of the house, okay, walking down, and she looks completely normal, right? She knocks on the window of the car, and from what I saw is that, like, the neck and the head just, like, drops down. And it was very unnatural. And I don't know if she had a smile. I'm pretty sure she did. But, oh, that freaked me out. Like, I had to, like, pause the movie, look away, and, like, I had to calm down. It just because I jumped and I had to pause the movie and look away, it just, I, I didn't get a chance to actually fully look at it. But, oh, that got me good. And, I mean, there's another part, like, to me that was, like, 
I mean, Jordan considers it disturbing. But, I mean, I consider it more creepy, not disturbing. But that is just me. I've been watching horror movies a lot <laughs> for most of my life. So, like, some disturbing things are a little different for me. Um, But, like, I love how they executed it. Like, I, it might become one of my favorite scenes from this movie, to be honest. But what happens is, so... Rose got information um, that there's this one guy that basically kind of survived this chain from uh, this psychological monster, basically, um, to where in order for him to escape it and for him to not die is that he had to go and kill someone else. Mind you, it was just a random stranger. He didn't know them at all, but he had to go and kill them in, in front of another witness in order to get rid of the psychological monster. And obviously because he killed them, he got sent to jail. Uh, but, I mean, I like, mentally he's still not fine. Like, he's, like, traumatically scarred, you know, and it makes sense as to why. Um, but, like, she goes and talks to him. And because he says that, like, she basically has to go kill someone else with a witness in order to move this thing on. So she's at home thinking about this, and she's in the kitchen, and there's, like, you can look in into the kitchen and just, like, see this window across to, like, see the front door. Then, which I find it very stupid as to why they have that there, but, I mean, it's a horror movie. So, and she is thinking about grabbing a knife, you know, so she's kind of, like, starting to grab the knife out of the knife block, and her therapist is out there at the door, at the front door, ringing the doorbell, and she turns and looks and sees Rose about to grab a knife. So, because everything that happened, and with her uh, mental stability from the outside, definitely looks very questionable, like the it, it's it makes sense as to why the therapist is like hey like you need to let me in convince me and show me that like you're not gonna harm yourself kind of a thing you know so and Rose is like yeah okay like I'm a therapist myself I do understand on that um because that's what she's doing at the the hospital and why she saw a patient is she's a therapist doctor basically at this institution um so then rose goes and opens the door and her therapist comes in and like she's apologizing for everything that happened yesterday the day before um because they're like rose's fiance called her therapist because he didn't know what to do you know she's acting starting to act crazy and so then the therapist and the fiancé was there in the house yesterday, so she felt ganged up on. And obviously that's something, like, you're kind of not really supposed to do. So that's kind of why the therapist stopped by. So then she can kind of apologize for that, being like, hey, yeah, we, I shouldn't really have done that. And then all of a sudden the phone's ringing, and it was like a really long, awkward silence while the phone's ringing. And the therapist is like, are you going to answer that, Rose? So then Rose grabs the phone and answers it. And the therapist is actually on the phone apologizing to her that way. And this is when you actually see 
that the therapist actually isn't on the couch. It's the psychological monster that's on the couch. So you see like this very unnatural, unnerving, creepy smile creep up on the psychological monster that still looks like her therapist, but with the smile walking towards her with like this deep, deeper voice. I mean, I would say demonic, but it wasn't exactly that, but you can kind of picture it. And just, they're they're walking, and the psychological monster is, like, walking towards her, um, talking to her, being like, you really think you're going to get away with this? And they're like, it's already day four, Are you, you don't have long left, kind of a thing. And Rose is, like, screaming, kind of, like, trying to walk down the stairs the best way that she can while... This menacing monster is coming towards her and basically torturing her. And she was able to escape that. But just, I I like how that scene was done. Because it does show, like, what this psychological monster can do. And how they can torture their victims. To, to take all the fear out of them, you know. Make, make them crazy. Um... Like, that, just, I I love that part of it. I really do. And it, it's it's great. And, and, like, I think, let me, I think there was another part I liked. Was, yeah. Mainly just, I liked how it built up and how, uh, how, the, I'm sorry. How it got built up and how, how, scary the jump scares are and how cunning this monster is it's it's great but okay so then you got the ending it's just I don't like it I really don't it could have been done so differently and like with what's going on okay is that um Rose goes to her childhood home right they they still own it. They haven't sold it at all or anything. And the trauma that Rose has been dealing with during the whole entire movie that we find out kind of more towards the end is that, like, her mom basically died in front of her and she was seven years old, you know? I'm like, okay, that was very traumatic. Yes, that will stick with you for a very long time, especially when you're a kid. And... We actually come to find out on why she feels so guilty and why it's even more traumatic to her is that her mom was dying on the bed, but she did ask for help from her daughter for Rose to go and call 911 to go help her. But, I mean, her mom has been overdosing multiple times and has done multiple things to where she had to be taken to the hospital a lot and then be taken home. And that can take a toll on a kid, you know? So, and because Rose was basically kind of, like, done with that, she just, from how it got put and shown, is that she didn't go call for help because she was scared of her mom. She was, she was done going through this constantly all the time. And, I mean, like, yeah, I... I would be done with it too, but me personally, I obviously still would have called someone. I mean, that's just me though. But 
from a kid's point of view, I can see why she didn't. So, and she basically tells that to the monster, because uh, the psychological monster is taking on the form of her mom. So, and they get over that, you know, so then she closes the door, she, she walks more out into the front room of the house, making sure everything is locked up, and while she's actually waiting for the monster, and then all of a sudden the monster that, that looks like her mom, after she closes the door, is starting to get bigger, and starts opening the door, and like, crawl, not, ugh, starts walking out. And it, it does look pretty creepy because, like, you can tell, like, it's not natural for her to look that way. <laughs> and basically the monster is, like, chasing after her. And because Rose thinks, like, okay, well, this is psychological. Like, you're in my mind. So that means I can technically defeat you. I can technically control you kind of a thing. And that's what she does. Like, she basically attacks a psychological monster with her mind. And then all of a sudden, like, she she's in a taxi, she's driving, she's leaving the home, and she go and, goes and talks to her love interest. Mind you, her love interest is not her fiancé. So I'm pretty sure that, like, she's going to call off the wedding. The, but she's talking to her love interest. She's saying, like, the reason I'm, like, why I didn't have us continue and why I had us break up and everything and just why I'm not really, originally wasn't wanting to be with you is that you were actually starting to get to know me. You were starting to break down my walls. And I, I didn't like that at that point in time because I just wasn't ready. But now, like, I'm ready and I do like you and just, I, I want us to have something better and I, I know I'm asking for a lot to just stay here and sleep on the couch, you know, because she's been through a lot. And then all of a sudden, the guy, the love interest is like, yes, stay here all you want. I'm still going to be attached to you forever, you know. And, like, the voice starts getting deeper. This creepy smile creeps up on the face. And that's when you realize, like, oh, okay, so it's a psychological monster, and then she, like, wakes up, I get, yeah, she wakes up, runs out of the house. Then the real love interest is, like, in person is actually there. And she's screaming, no, 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 no. And, like, runs back in into the house, tries to lock it. So then he doesn't go in. The, and Rose runs into the psychological monster. Then the psychological monster basically takes over her body Drenches her in gasoline as the love interest enters the house. And then the monster basically sets her on fire. And now he has it. And I'm just like, okay. Uh, uh, like, what is this? <laughs> you, you know? Like, okay, if there is going to be, like, a second movie to where he figures it out, then, I mean, fine. But, like, why try and build up a love interest and not really have her survive. Just, I'm sorry, that's just my issue. And then not really, that like, having him be able to do anything. Or have her defeated, okay, whatever. That's just why I'm disappointed with the ending. It just, I'm like, seriously, like, you could have done this differently. It, it could have been 
more of an actual happy ending to where she is able to defeat them. She's able to get with the love interest. It just... That, that's just what I would have liked. I mean, that is just me. And, like, another part I'm confused about. I mean, it kind of goes with the whole entire thing with the ring, because even that doesn't make sense. But, I mean, with the premise of the movie, it, it kind of comes with, with the ring. But, I... Okay, so in, in this, like, victims only have either four days or seven days to live for since watching the other person die. Okay, like, I mean, I, I guess the four days kind of makes sense, like, if you're not mentally strong enough. Because, I mean, this this thing does a, a lot in, to, like, feed fear off of you, you know, so, I mean, okay, okay, I could see why with four days, but, like, four to seven, uh, okay, the, like, there has to be more to this thing, like, if there's going to be a prequel, I would, I would like on, for them to explain, like, is this, like, a psychological monster, is this, like, an entity, or is that a curse, and, like, why is it here kind of a thing? Like, yeah, okay, I would really enjoy that. To, like, show that and explain it. Or have a sequel to where it has some of the elements in it, but it's a continuation. Or if they do both, I'm fine with that as well. But, who knows. But, I mean, that that's just... Why I don't really like that? I, I feel like I, I just... It just left it there. Like, threw it up and left it there. Didn't do anything else to it. That's what I feel like. Because it, it didn't stick with me. It, it was just, I'm more disappointed. And I'm just like, okay, not really going to watch this again. Unless if I want the jump scares. <laughs> so, and like, a, another part. Um, that, like, I know a lot of people wouldn't really like it. But, I mean, I don't really like this part in this scene. Because I was able to figure it out pretty quickly because they made it blatantly obvious of like what's going to happen um so rose has this cat named mustache and rose's nephew's birthday party is coming up and her sister said like oh hey like if you go and get him a train like that'll be fine because he really likes trains so here are my two theories on at least this part of the scene either the psychological monster made her think that she was buying a train and that she didn't and all she had was, like, a train box lying around or something like that. Or she actually did go to the train store, buy her nephew a train, and that it was in the box and that when she got home and when the house alarms went off, um, that, like, the cops went into the house, double-checked everything, nothing was there. Uh, but, like... The, the monster could have switched the train out with mustache. Yeah, you guys can probably see where I'm going with this. Because uh, this is with what happened in the movie. Um, so, comes ne her nephew's birthday party. She goes there. She gives him the box. So then, you hear the music start to change. You see the lighting kind of start to change. And the nephew... Oh, like, takes the wrapping off and opens the box, and you see a dead cat mustache in there. 
So when Rose knows that it is obviously like the psychological monster that did this, but the outside, you can definitely tell that she's starting to lose her mind. Because, I mean, she even fell backwards and fell into the coffee table and unintentionally basically slit her wrists that way because there's so much glass that got embedded into her wrist that way. And and the reason why she fell into the coffee table was because the psychological monster was there and was starting to walk towards her. Like, I mean, okay, but it just makes it where she's starting to go more crazy. Like, if you're wanting to show progress, I mean, okay, but just... <sighs> with it being a cat, people are not going to like that. I know that's kind of why a lot of people didn't really like Pet Cemetery, but the cat was able to come back. So, th this cat did not come back, unfortunately. <laughs> But, I'm, I'm not very happy with it. I, I'm just, I'm disappointed in it. Just, I, I wouldn't really recommend this movie. I mean, unless if you're looking for some good jump scares, then, okay. Go watch it. It'll be great. Um, just, no. Uh, but if you'd like to know on when I'm dropping episodes or when I'm going to stream... Uh, you are able to join the Discord. It is Twisted Words Podcast. And the Facebook page, Twisted Words Podcast. Or on Twitch, Echo Anya. And thank you for tuning in today. And I'll see you guys next time.